How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Be Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. Just me today, rolling solo. JP is going to be chilling today, hanging out with his girls. Let's just say we have a weird pattern of uh, holiday uh, days here. Uh, Monday this week and Monday next week are company holidays. But since we are such a a heavy football show, uh, we both are going to be here on Monday. And JP and I had different things going on. So he decided to take today as a vacation. I took Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, Tuesday, partially Wednesday, came in half a day. And we're going to do all types of things. But, you know, we're going to get you through this show. We have a lot of, we're going to have a lot of fan events. This is our last show of 2022. When you hear us again, it'll be 2023. And we expect to keep bringing you the same show as live as we possibly can. And hopefully we'll be a lot better. With JP and I will be together two years in February. And then we're going to take this thing as far as we can go. Hopefully another 25 years. That's the way I look at it. You know what? Landfill going to be kicking it with us. Uh, you going to be with us the whole time, Landfill? Or you going to kick us to the curb? I'm here, man. All right. Well, you know, you know I've got nothing going on. Make sure we bring you a live show. And I'm already drinking my Red Bull. I got a yellow edition Red Bull here. Uh, and today, you know, we have the our vodka Red Bull Friday. It's powered by Scotty's Handcrafted Vodka. Scotty's Vodka is Maryland made, amazingly smooth, and loved throughout the DMV. And Beamish Finley is also presented by John Leahy and the Fine Living Group. Let the MVP of DMV Real Estate sell your home for more. Visit John Sells DMV. Com. We have a busy show today, and like I said earlier, we're going to try to have a lot of fan participation. We want to find out from you your New Year's resolution for yourself and possibly this football team. We're going to find out what you expected from the game. And what was the turning point of the season? Your biggest moment? Your lowest moment? And what are you totally expecting in this game coming up this weekend? You know, and I know I looked at the game last night. We saw two approaches. When you don't see Pollard on the field, I, heard, I understand he has a uh, thigh contusion. Uh, he wasn't playing, and it looked Zeke averaged 1.9 yards a game. Hell, I'm thinking about coming out of retirement. Yesterday we told you about T.O. coming out of retirement at 49, I think he is, 50, 51, whatever it is. Hell, if Zeke can get 1.9 yards a carry and they're paying him about, what, 12, 15 million a year, hell, I should be able to get some money out there because I know I can get you 1.9 yards a carry. I could definitely get that done for you. But ultimately, you watch them with their approach. They were playing a lot of backups. They seemed to be trying to feed the ball to Dalton Schultz. I don't know if Dak decided, hey, let me get you your bonuses this year because that's – everyone talking about what's, what's there to play for going forward. I was sitting in there talking to Landfill. My son-in-law rolled down here with me today, talking to them earlier, and there are a lot of people who can reach a lot of bonuses. So they all are trying to figure out a way to get it done. So I looked at the Tennessee Titans, and I understand that game meant absolutely nothing last night. But let me ask you a question. Do you just poo-poo a game away and you say, well, I'm going to wait and play against a team, and that team, that, that game matters? 
It is so hard to win in the NFL, and you just basically say to hell with that game. The kid Dobbs had been on the team for a few days, uh, a few hours, and he was starting last night. You didn't play Tannehill, and you told Malik Willis, now nah, I'm going to let you chill too. Uh, they had already ruled out their big guy, you know, the, the, uh, the, the running back. But why? Why not go all out last night and try to win that game, and then you can chill when you go and play against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Now you have to be damn near perfect. And that is something that I expect to talk about today with this football team. You know, we start mentioning different things about what you would like to see different. You know, for me, it's a simple thing. I've heard so many people so many times, a lot of the media guys in this town always talk about how great this team is down the stretch. How great this team is when they go late. They, they always finish strong, which means they always start slow. If we really look at the last few years, do they always finish strong? At the beginning of the season, I noticed we could come out, we we hype, hype, and we go through this lull all the damn time. Then eventually we get a chance. Jeff, what's up, man? We eventually get a chance to start fighting a little bit. And then by the time the end of the year comes, we go through another lull. And I have always been of the mind if you start off a lot faster, if you start taking care of business early, you know, you can do things like that, then it's not so hard. It's not You don't have to be so perfect when you go down a stretch. And as we looked at this football team, we went from going on this five-game winning streak where everything was great to now where in, in, mo, in, in, in all essence, we have to go out and win the last two. We have to be damn near perfect. And when you start thinking about it, I know we have a lot of hope in this town. There are a lot of dedicated fans. But I don't know how many people can 100% say that they have total faith that we're going to take care of the business these last two games. Carson Wentz is starting now. Carson Wentz, when he was starting, wasn't doing well. I know a lot of people now discuss. We have running backs now that are running the ball. Well, from I was just looking at the injury report, and I think, there's uh, Antonio Gibson who has an issue right now with an ankle and a knee. Your other running back also has another. He's who's the one that's been rolling for us on a consistent basis, Brian Robinson. His quad is, is uh, ailing him. So when you start looking at all this stuff, but he's full participant, you know, but still, Antonio Gibson, foot and knee. So when you see all those things piling up at the end of the season, you start to wonder, you know, how are we going to really go out there and just handle our business against a team like, I understand the Cleveland Browns, they don't run the ball well, but they can get to the quarterback. So, and now, and you look at this situation, and we know Carson Wentz was not perfect when he was playing. So, do we automatically just assume that the running game picked up, that things are going to get better? Do we automatically assume that, we have these receivers. They had them before. Well, they had them when Carson was here before, and I don't think the, the record was still 2-4 and four when he was starting earlier. I would say this. The offensive line did get better somewhere in the middle of the season. But then they started to fall off again. Taylor moves around and protects himself, and he helps the offensive line. He makes them look better than what they are. 
Carson, on the other hand, doesn't move around as well. He holds on to the ball. Will they go? Like, we've, we've asked this question many, many times. Will this team adjust? Will this team do things that benefits the players that they have? Will they do things that benefit their quarterback? Or will we try to force feed a system? I've watched this team every football game preseason and also regular season this year. I've looked at reports. I've heard reports. I've heard coaches. I've heard players. I've heard different people say things about them. But then when they get on the football field, my eyes tell me whether or not they're doing what they say they're going to do or they're doing just what the hell happens. So I am still concerned and, and with the fact that I don't know if we are going to put the quarterback in the best position, best position to uh, succeed. Because I watched, and I know so many people always talk about, well, if they run the same offense that they ran with, with, uh, with, with, with Carson that they ran with Taylor, maybe they run the same damn offense. Taylor Heineke is six feet tall, if that. And they had him being a drop-back guy over and over again. Carson Wentz is 6'5", and they were doing that with him. The running game has gotten better, but they run in the same offense. The same offense is being ran. Right now, the reason they're not throwing the ball as much, because they were running the ball effectively. They were keeping time off the, taking time off the clock, and they weren't dropping back, so by, uh, falling behind in the game, so they didn't have to throw the ball very much. Well, Carson is back. Will the running game keep being up there, or will all of a sudden, which I see as a problem in the NFL, offensive coordinators get a guy with a big arm, and then they forget about the running game. They are always trying to improve their resume rather than win the damn football game. I have watched football a long time. I played it a long time. And the coaches that I admire the most are those that, let's say I got a running mindset and we can't run the ball, I'll throw it 75 times on you if you can't stop that. Flip it. I got a passing mindset. And and, and we, we can't do it? And you can't stop the run? I'll run the ball until my running back say, Coach, I can't run no more. Let somebody else run the ball. I've watched Belichick do it over and over again. And we sit up here and we can knock him all we want, say he's a cheater. No, the man knew how to find the weakness and attack it over and over again. The coach that we praise so much in this town, Joe Jackson Gibbs, I guess that's one of y'all bingo things right there. I see him. <laughs> every, we, we, they have a Jeff and Landfill plays bingo. They call it B. Mitchell Finley bingo. And JP and I do certain things, they say, basically on a daily basis, to where when we walk in, they automatically have their little bingo boards together. And when we say something, I know I haven't said Coach Gibbs' name in a long time, his whole name. That's the first time in months. And I guess that's what I want to put him over the hunt. But Coach Gibbs came into Washington, D.C. as a man that came in here to do the Air Coyier offense. He wanted to throw the ball around the yard. And when he got here, he realized real fast that he did not have the personnel to throw the ball around the yard. They were sitting at 0-5, I think it was. And the team finished up at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they went down the stretch. They went 8-3, and three, something like that, because he adjusted. And he began to use the personnel that he had. He utilized the, the type of talent that he had. And the man went to four Super Bowls, and he won three of them. That is adjusting and using what you have. And then the, all of a sudden, in the, in the process, every player that he brought in, they fit, they fit the system that he was running. 
They fit the system that the defensive coordinator was running, Richie Pettibone, and they got good at it. And every player that rolled in realized that's, that's what we need to do. And all of a sudden, this team was the talk, cream of the crop, the talk of the town, talk of the NFL. When you saw Washington coming, you knew they were going to bring you the best. They were going to be a professional franchise. They were going to play you as hard as anybody out there, and you were going to know that you were in a football game. That is something I want to see with this team. We're going to open up the phone lines later on and find out what your New Year's resolution is for the Washington Commanders. They're going to find out what your New Year's resolution is for yourself. We all want to improve. And I forgot, we have Jeff's new song popping up today. He told me he has a song. He better come real with it. Getting late in the season. It's the last one of the season, Jeff. This better be the best. Save the best for last, don't you? You can talk. What'd you say? Next week is the last song. Last song of this year. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah, the hell yeah. are y'all talking about? Now, see? I, I, I forgot to be one of them. <laughs> this is the last song of the year. Unless you're giving us one tomorrow as well. They, uh... When they added an extra week, they screwed it up. This used to be the last week of the year for the, of the football season, yeah, too. But this is the last song of the year, and then we're going to come back, and then you're going to kick us off with a new one. 2023. you got to bring that one fire there. Oh, yeah, and we playing Dallas. That one will be fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you just woke up. But anyway, <laughs> you, you did? <laughs> nah. I, I was on the phone with, B, I'm not messing with you this morning. Well, I, I, you told me, hold on, you were doing something, you are going to hit me back. That was at 844, and I'm still waiting on that call. B, leave me alone. <laughs> Again, back to, back to the, the matter at hand here. Best moments for the 2022 season. At some point today, we're going to be joined by Eric Metcalf, one of the best punt and kick returners to ever play this game, played in Cleveland as well. Eric's going to come in and talk to us about the game coming up to Commanders and the uh, Cleveland Browns. Also, you've heard him before, Leslie Shepard, my former teammate, is going to join me. I'm going to have Shep go through things that went wrong throughout the season, and then again, we're going to find out things that need to change for things to finish up strong this season, and also what we need to start looking forward to as we go into next year. Because we can say what we want and feel what we want, I'm looking at the squad. I'm looking at how things are going. I have a lot of hope for them, but I just don't think that there's certain pieces in certain places to where they can make a hell of a hell of a run. You would love to see it, but I don't know many people that will put money on it. And the reason is because we know we lack in a lot of key positions. Yes, we've, we've improved drastically at the running back position. We've improved drastically at the receiver position. We have as great a tandem of defensive tackles as any other team in the league. Okay, we got young, we got guys like Sweat. Now we got Chase back that could come off the edge. We got some other guys that were James Smith Williams and Two Hill and all these guys can do some things. In the secondary, when we get a person hurt, Cam Curl, that secondary completely drastically changes. So we need to be in Derek Forrest is a young up and coming guy. But what he has to do is become more consistent. You know, you on offense the offensive line, they have to get better. We have an event coming up this weekend where they're going to be coming up with a new mascot. It said it's going to be either a hog or a dog. I think everybody 100% know it wasn't going to be a damn dog. All right, there's a little hog that's been selling for the last two weeks. All right, what's the name of that hog? Tutty. Okay. So, so it was Tutty, but 
someone called on the line. They were an anonymous caller that said they're they're real close with the hogs and that the name of it is Bugs. 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 Okay. So like, Bugs. Bugs. Uh, he, he's uh used to be the, the offensive line coach who came up with the name Hogs. Okay, but whatever. They have a thing coming up this weekend about the Hogs. That is about your offensive line, which is historically one of the best or probably the best offensive line in history. The question I would ask, why on earth has this team not tried to build that type of group again? Because we could sit up here and get all of the people that we could sell jerseys from. I know one thing. Receivers don't get passes if the quarterback don't have time. Running backs don't gain yards if they're not opening it up. Defensive backs get picked apart if they can't get pressure on the quarterback, the big guys. So I feel that the importance, I mean, the, the plan next year, make sure your offensive line is legit. If your offensive line is legit and we know you got badasses on the defense, if they're battling on a daily basis in practice, that makes football games easy. I recall telling a lot of people the way uh, um, Richie Pettibone would blitz and do different things. When we got in the game, it was nothing. It was easy as hell. And I know when our defensive line played against other offensive lines, they saw it as cakewalk because the Hogs gave them more in practice than any other team probably gave them in the games. So let's find a way to make sure the talent level is up on both sides of the ball where it counts, the engine and the transmission. If you don't have those two things, you can't move automobile. And that automobile, in this sense, is going to be your football team. We have to improve, as Doc Walker would say, our big uglies, the people that smell like bacon. And if they smell like bacon, I guarantee the guy – actually, today is National Bacon Day. Make sure you get you some bacon. Take care of that. We're going to take a quick break here. We get back. We're going to look at some of the key matchups versus the Browns. You know, I have a few things I'm looking at, and I'm going to break it down for you. And uh, if you have something on your mind – let me just say it like this. The phone line's going to be open all day. We're going to do it the close out the season with a bunch of phone calls because I don't want Jeff to have any time to relax today. I want him working his ass off. Be Mr. Finley, 1067 The Fan. We'll be right back. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. It's Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday. You and Landfill playing like songs like that, we know that we're trying to get you hype, get you live. Get you pumped up for the last few days of 2022. This is our last show of 2022, and we want to make sure that you're a big part of it because we appreciate you listening to us. Uh, you, you make us come and we bring it strong, and I know sometimes you don't agree with us, but you come back day to day, and we appreciate that. And, um, hey, I argue with my people that I love the most, and that's just our fans too. We love y'all, and we're going to argue with you too. We're going to agree sometimes. But you know what? We're pulling for the same thing. We want our team to be great. 
And as I begin to look at some of these key matchups in the game, I'll start off with one, then I'll go to the phone lines, 800-636-1067. The MG National Harbor Listener Line is open all day for you. 800-636-1067. The first one I'm going to look at is because, and the reason I look at this one, because national recognition has come to our team, but not in a positive way. Okay? We saw Kayvon Thibodeau two weeks ago was the defensive player of the week. Then last week, Nick Bosa was defensive player of the week. This week, we have another guy with double-digit sacks, 13-and-a-half sacks coming into this game, Miles Garrett. The guy had an injury, uh, accident five, six weeks ago, how long ago it was ago, um, had a concussion, uh, flipped his car over, he came back, and he's still balling. Missed some games, still have 13-and-a-half sacks. We've had issues with the tackles, blocking, and keeping people away from the quarterbacks. And the reason I am saying that's a matchup for me that I'm watching because we know Carson will hold the ball to the last second to get that big throw. And if Leno and Lucas don't get better, it's going to be a major, major problem. And I don't want to see, I guess say normally you hear that things come in, bad things and good things come in threes. If you're looking for the teams that are playing against us, it's good things. But if it's for us, it's bad things. So two weeks in a row, we've had, we've, we've generated, in a sense, the defensive player of the week with our lackluster blocking for our quarterbacks. We don't want it to be three weeks, okay? So we got to stop that some type of way. That's my first matchup, Miles Garrett and his crew when they're pass rushing against our tackles. Because I think we've done a good job up the middle when it came down to blocking for the pass. But on the edges, it's been bad. And I've watched a lot of tutelage going on with offensive line coaches teaching. And I'll tell you one thing. If you're in an offensive line position, left foot back as a left tackle, right foot back if you're a right tackle. And if your left leg come across and you open up your hips, that is a straight line for that defensive end to your quarterback. And if you go back and you watch Kayvon Thibodeau and you watch Nick Bosa and you look at Leno, he did the exact same thing on both of those plays, which is that is taught not to do all the way back to Little League football. Okay? We got to figure out a way to get that done. We're going to go to the phone lines, 800-636-1067. And let's go to, I think we had J- James. Let's go to James. What's up, James? How you doing, man? Hey, 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 B. Mitch. Um, I just want to um, just comment on the way you said that Ron Rivera constructed this team. Now, understand that Dawson is a hell of a good player. But that's a luxury that this team did not need at that particular time. You take the, you know, I'm, I'm going to use the car car as an example like you use. Uh-huh. You got two good running backs. That's a transmission. Then you got a um, the quarterback who's the driver of this particular vehicle. Then you got four good wide receivers. You got two outstanding ones with um, Daniels coming back being healthy. And But you got, um, you went to from a, a general tie to a V-rated tie. But <laughs> you don't have an engine in the car. Yeah. So if I sat in that stadium and watched the Redskins or the Commanders punt, 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 didn't get 20 yards without punting. Now, this comes down to the so-called general manager that we have, this eccentric um, type of um, situation that he has. The coach-centric. That coach-centric um, um, philosophy that he has, that I've seen him tap dance around these things that you cannot go take – other people off the scrap yard, make them your starting players, 
fanfare shit that's already here before you got here, won't give them the opportunity. You take a free agent from another team that's been cut, and you start that player. Two to three weeks later, you find out that player's not that good. Then you probably go back to the player that was already there um, um, under you. So to me, if you have not played for Ron Rivera before, or you're a holdover from a uh, from the previous organization, uh, from Drake Jay Gruden, you're gonna be the third man to get that opportunity to play because he's gonna try everybody else first, <laughs> and that's what's wrong with this team. I mean, you play the best players. You don't play players just go. Well, he knows my, my he knows my um, offense. It doesn't do anything if he can't block a uh, pass block. You got it so, right. So yeah, he knows the play, <laughs> but the guy's running around him. So what does that do? So you know. Uh, so there's kudos on, on that. You know, you got to have the engine. You got to start with the engine first because the car look good sitting parked. And they're hey. going to do you no good going around the road. All right, know, man. So. Appreciate your call, man. Thank you. I, and I Bye. always say that what James is saying. Like, I've said, <laughs> I could give you a Ferrari without an engine in it. And I, only for a certain amount of time, you're going to attract some attention. The moment you're supposed to put that thing in park and go out to take the lady on a date, and she, you say, oh, I don't have an engine in it. She going to leave you. But if uh, if if your boy rolls up in an old model car, whatever, but it runs, you're going to be sitting in that new Ferrari without an engine by your damn self as she ride with somebody else in a jalopy <laughs> and going to eat because mobility is the thing that makes things happen. People can only like the outer part of something so long. Then you got to show them something that what you got in the interior. If you don't have nothing inside you, it ain't going to work. And that offensive line is what's inside you. We need to start working on that a little bit better. Let's go to Sean and uh, Stafford. What's up, Sean? How you doing, man? Hey, Mr. Mitchell. I'm a huge fan. Um, this is kind of a throwback question, uh, not on current events, but I rewatched the body bag game yesterday, uh-huh. and I was telling your producer, uh, what was going through your head when Stan Humphreys went down? Because I know you hadn't played since college quarterback, and how were you prepared? How did you get the um? How did you get the plays in? Like, how did you know what to? Well, uh, we, we uh, I was uh, to be honest with you, you watched nine people get hurt, and of those nine, I was backing up four of them. So I'm a little concerned. <laughs> but but uh, that week, and it was just that week. It, it, like Coach Gibbs always told me, I was the third quarterback, and I would always, you know, be prepared. I, I would study the playbook as if I was still a quarterback. But that week, they gave me a shortened version of the game plan just in case something would happen. And both of those guys go down, uh, Jeff Rutledge and also Stan Humphrey. Yep. And then yep. I get to go in the game. And once I got in there, it was just like, you know, hey, it's football. You know, let's try to score go down. A touchdown. Yeah, let's try and score. And then after the rest of my career, I always told the coaches, never give me a game plan because I saw it as like a bad omen. You know, I still was going to learn the offense, and I never did. But then my last game of my career in New York, they gave me a game plan. And uh, Jesse Palmer and Kerry Collins both got hurt, and I finished that game at quarterback too. So it's just whenever they gave me the game plan, it seemed like something went wrong. So I would rather just learn it. And uh, But I was happy because I told people, I said, I'm going to play quarterback in the NFL one day. And I had a lot of friends who bet me that I never would. I won a lot of money that day, and I went to capital, got my money back, so things worked out good. <laughs> well, that was awesome. And thank you for that memory. All right, man. Appreciate your call. Yeah, that was uh, kind of a strange one there back in those days, man, because – you had to be ready. I was the third quarterback, but I just felt whenever they gave me the game plan, 
it always worked against us where the quarterbacks went down and I ended up in a football game. Let's go to uh, Jay in Manassas. What's up, Jay? How you doing, brother? What's up, B. Mitch? I'm doing good. How you doing, my man? Doing well, man. Hey, my I, my thoughts on this this weekend, and I know this might not be the segment for it, but my resolutions for the team next year moving forward, man, you hit the nail on the head earlier, bro. It's our line. It's our big men. It's them bacon eaters, man. I <laughs> – I, I I played college basketball. I didn't play college football, but at the high school level, even we know there, like, man, it all starts with them. The yeah. passing, the running. I know it's not. I know it's not flashy. I know it's not like what everybody likes to see, because you know everybody makes the money on all the skill players. But I'm telling you, man, if we don't make some improvements, we're going to be singing the same song years down the road. So <clears throat> even with Cleveland, they're not some outstanding team, but. I mean, Leno and, and what's the other guy, uh, uh, Turner. I mean, yeah, man, Turner, bro. Turner's the right guard, yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, man, if we don't get some things straight, we're going to be upset on Monday. All right, man. Appreciate your call. I hope we don't, have, right, to have, we don't, we don't have to deal with that. I don't want to see people be so upset. But you know what? I, it, it comes down to how good is your O-line. I know we, we, we're so accustomed to giving so much credit to the skill positions, and we always knock the skill positions. But they can't do their jobs if the big guys in front aren't doing theirs at a high level. And if it starts off with the coach who always seems to go to the bargain heap to bring in those linemen, and you see these other guys, D, D tackles and DNs are starting to get paid. Aaron Donald went up to $30 million. They, they, they starting to get paid like the damn quarterbacks and the running and the wide receivers and things like that. So – you have to make sure you have something to combat that. And I played on two teams, Washington and Philly, where the O-line and D-line were both considered top ten, top five in many cases. And when they were battling practice, they were getting battle-tested and learning how to play against the absolute best. So you need to have that. I have sat here and talked to people that are at all those, all those practices. And whenever they finally go little hardcore stuff, our D-line whips the offensive line's ass every time, okay? So if that happens consistently, guess what happens in the football game? They're going to lose to them too. So they got to find a way to get better talent or be better battle-tested and make them become better. If you don't, it's going to be a problem. I would say if you're going to correct anything, correct that first. Then you go get the rest because I watch people come in here, okay, at, at what offensive line that was horrible. We drafted a guy from Tulane a few years back. Uh, quarterback, he got the hell beat out of him. Patrick Ramsey? <laughs> Patrick Ramsey. Patrick Ramsey was getting hit every other play. And you got to stop that if you want your team to be better. Let's go to Pat in Mechanicsville. What's up, Pat? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, B. Mitch? How you doing, bud? I'm good, brother. What's happening with you? Hey, I'm like you. Uh, it all starts up front, man. The big uglies back back in the day when you were playing. They could run the ball, and, and the other team knew we were going to run the ball and still couldn't stop it. There you go. And uh, and um, my thing is, uh, you know, we have a problem stopping a good tight end. Like last week, Kittle ate us up. And Aku, I think his name is Aku for Cleveland. He's a good tight end, so we got to stop him. And he already and, stated and, that we are going to come out and try to give the commanders hell. They're not looking yeah. past this game. Like, a lot of people think, oh, they're not going to play anymore. To hell with that. Oh. A lot of guys got bonuses still to earn. That, that's what I say. They're, they're a professional football player. They got, they man, they got, uh, they, they might be playing for a job next year or something, you know? Yep. And, uh, 
Hey, my thing is, what do you think about kicking the tires on David Carr next year? I wanted him this year, but uh, I, I think he might be available and uh, get him and get me some bigger offensive linemen, and I think we'd be good to go. Have right. a good New Year, B. Mitch. All right, man, appreciate you. All right, if you're on the phone line, make sure you stay there. We're going to take a break here. When we get back, I'm going to give you some more of the things that I feel are key matchups in this game. First one was Miles Garrett in the O-line. We're going to continue taking your calls, 800-636-1067. But that car thing, I think I want to jump in my car and drive right past that one because I am. <laughs> I understand we want to go get a veteran guy. But if you go get a veteran guy that's late in his career, what happens? They're going to be ready to go soon. What's wrong with us trying to get a young guy? I'd rather take my lumps with a young guy and build into something than take him with a veteran guy who we see now. And I understand it may be McDaniel trying to put the blame on him, but he hasn't been very good. When it comes down to him winning and taking care of business, he hasn't taken care of business. And that's the thing. I, I just don't want to see that. I am tired of us going to get the guys that did not succeed somewhere else to bring them in here because I really don't understand or believe that we may have the people to be able to get them to their best. Okay? If we had some other people that were around doing it, I may like it. But at this point, I don't. Be Mitchell Finley, 106.7 The Fan. We'll be right back, and we're going to continue with your calls, and I will continue telling you my key matchups. For the Browns versus the Commanders. Every time I hear this song, I just start smiling. Because when I first saw Eddie Murphy singing this song, all I could know and think about him is his jokes and his stand-ups. I couldn't take him serious as a singer. Or much, anytime he's in any show, when Eddie starts to talk or (laughs) laugh, I am laughing like hell because he's a comedian to me 24-7. This is Scotty Vodka Red Bull Friday, and it's powered by Scotty's Handcrafted Vodka. Scotty's Vodka is Maryland made, amazingly smooth, and loved throughout the DMV. And B. Mitchell Finley is presented by John Leahy and the Fine Living Group. Let the MVP of DMV real estate sell your home for more. Visit johnsellsdmv.com. Giving you some of my key matchups this uh, weekend. And uh, Miles Garrett against Old Iron was my first one. And then I'm going to go with another one. I'm going to throw out a name. Against the name. We have Joe Joe Woods, who's the defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to say him against Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Scott Turner has a lot of weapons. We said this at the beginning of the year. I can recall distinctly when we got Jahan, Terry, and all of a sudden we knew that uh, uh, they think of their name right now. Samuels, Curtis Samuels was going to be healthy. And then we got, we, I started to see my man Brian Robinson running in the offseason. I'm like, man, we got some stuff to work with here. I said, well, it's going to come down to how the offensive coordinator can utilize all that talent. And we've seen in games where they're working, he'll go away from it. Running ain't working, he'll try to go away from it. But it's going to be, right now, Scott Turner should go into this game saying that the Cleveland Browns gives up 120-something yards per game on the ground. Washington, I think, averaged about 140-something yards a game on the ground. That, to me, is an advantage for your team. That, to me, is something that you should try to go out there and take advantage of. And it's going to come down, does Joe Woods change up some stuff? Because he's been getting gut, gutted throughout this season. Is he going to adjust and make them have to throw the ball and say, okay, we're not letting you run the ball. Beat us through the air. And if they can do that, We'll see, but it's a a chess match right here. 
I'm going to be looking to how we can utilize the running game and take advantage of their weakness. You know, so many times we can say what our strength is. Our strength can be something, but it may not be something that works against their weakness. But guess what this week? Our strength works directly against their weakness. Which coach is going to stick to it or make adjustments to be able to change up what the other team is trying to do? I know we want to run the football. Ron preaches that all the time. I also know that we have the big arm quarterback back. And if you're an offensive coordinator who has aspirations of becoming a head coach, you want to toss the ball around the air because everyone thinks it's about tossing the ball, throwing it around, slinging it around the yard. You know what I think? If I were to ever get a job, I'm going to tell my owner or my GM, uh, you say, what type of offense? I'm not, I, don't, I don't run a particular offense. When I get in the game and the team can't stop me from running, I'm going to run it till they stop me. If I get in the game and they can't stop me from passing, I'm going to pass it because my ultimate goal is to get W's. I don't give a damn about Y's, yards. I care about W's, wins. And if more coaches thought that way, we wouldn't have this issue. You watch so many times. At the end of a game, a team is down by 20, and the other team is playing prevent. They know that they're not going to get 20, point, 20 points in the next four minutes, but they are throwing the ball all over the yard. Why? So they can, when they sit there and someone questions them, they say, well, we passed for 400 yards in that game. And if I'm the person that's interviewing you, I'd be like, yeah, but you're lost. You're lost by 14. You're lost by 20. Who cares? I care if you throw 100 yards and win the game. Don't tell me how many yards you threw if you lost the game. Let's go to another one. So Scott Turner against Joe Woods. That's my second one. Cleveland Browns, historically, you got Jim Brown up there, running back, one of the best ever. Many people believe the best. People older than me believe Jim Brown was better than anything that came after him. That Cleveland running game against the Washington Commanders D-line, okay? Nick Chubb has 1,300 and something yards right now with two games left. I'm sure somewhere in Nick Chubb's contract, there's some type of bonus. To where I think anybody that rushes for 1,500 yards, possibly 1,600 yards, they got to have some type of major bonus in there. And I'm sure that offensive line said, well, if Nick get that, Nick might be buying me something. I went to the Pro Bowl. I led the league in total yards. You know what I did? I bought watches and I bought gifts for the people that were blocking for me. Normally, these running backs and quarterbacks buy Rolexes. Okay, some of them buy those with the little stand-up little things you stand up and ride on like the police be riding around. They buy people things like that and scooters and all. Expensive things to say thank you for doing your job, in a sense, for helping me do mine at a, at a very high level. So that's what they're going to be doing. And I believe that is a, a, certainly a key matchup because we like to control the ball, control the clock. If they can happen to control the ball, control the clock, and then when we get the ball on offense, I just talked about Scott Turner going against my man Joe Woods. We don't want Scott to just throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it with the line that is porous, and then you have a quarterback who holds on to the ball. So in that situation, we want to see them not be able to run the ball. We want to be the ones that are dictating the game, the pace. And if we can do that, it works. So we're going to definitely have to worry about that. I have one more, but I'll get that a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to take us a break here. I'm going to stay on, 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 uh, on, on course because Landfield will get mad if you don't. But I want everybody to understand, 11.30, we're going to be joined by one of the, I said, the best kick and punt returners to ever play the game. Somebody that I looked up to, somebody that I kind of compared my game with, and I competed against at a, at a high level. 
Eric Metcalf will join us. Played here in Washington. Also played for the Cleveland Browns. Just to get his take a little bit on what's happening in this game. And I want to find out what Eric thinks about some of the returners out there uh, playing the game today. Be Mr. Finley, 1067 The Fan. We'll be back in a few minutes. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.